Luke chapter 4, from verse 1. Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being tempted for 40 days by the devil. And in those days he ate nothing. And afterward, when he was, he had ended, they had ended, he was hungry. <clears throat> and the devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become bread. So we know Jesus answered, saying, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone. Okay, so Jesus defeated him there. Verse 14. Then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and news of him went out through all the surrounding region, and he taught in their synagogues, being glorified by all. So he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read, and he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 61. Isaiah chapter 61, verse 1. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may he might be glorified. And they shall build the old ways. They shall raise up the former desolations. And they shall repair the waste cities. The desolations of many generations. Okay, so what's happening here? The Bible talks about Jesus. It says that Jesus Christ, you know, he, he went to be baptized. So he was baptized by John. And so he was dipped into the water and then he came out. And um, sometimes... When we talk about the miracles that Jesus did, people say that it's because he was the son of God, but he didn't do those miracles because he was the son of God. If he did them because he was the son of God, he was the son of God from birth, but he didn't perform any miracle while he was a baby, when he was a child. There are some false books that have been written that claim that Jesus was performing miracles as a young boy. It's not true. John would tell you that it says this beginning of miracles did Jesus in Cana of Galilee. The first miracle Jesus did was when he turned water into wine. 
Okay, so he wasn't performing any miracles until his ministry started. The first miracle he did was when he turned water into wine. Hallelujah. And what equipped him to become that? Until then, Jesus was like Adam. He was a human being. Because if he was not a human being, he couldn't die for us. He was qualified to die for us because he was a human being. It's very important. And then, he was a human being that was anointed by God. That's why Acts chapter 10 verse 38 tells us that how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Now, if he was operating as God, who needs to anoint God? Does God need to be anointed? Yes or no? God doesn't need to be anointed. If he was functioning on it as God, he didn't need to be anointed. Because he would have had all his omnipresence, omnipotence and everything. But the Bible says he laid aside his omnipotence. He laid it aside so that he could become a human being. So he became a human being. He functioned as a man. And then he went to the Jordan River. And then that's where he was anointed. The Bible says that Jesus also came to be baptized. And as he came out of the water... He saw and he was praying. He saw that the heavens were opened. And the Spirit of God descended upon him in the form of a dove. He didn't say a dove landed on him. He said that the Spirit of God descended upon him in the form. Okay? It's a, um, it's a simile. Like, you say he runs like, you know, he's as fast as a deer. Or he runs like a, like, like a deer. Like, that's, that's, that's it. It's, not, it's metaphorical. It's not saying that a, a dove landed on his shoulder. So you, he went roaming around with the dove on his shoulder. But he didn't do that because John... And, and when this happened, only two people saw it. Only two people. John the Baptist and Jesus. Because one version says that John testified and said, The one who sent me to baptize said to me, The one on whom I see the Spirit descend and remain, he is the one that will baptize with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Okay, so he said that John the Baptist said to reveal him was the reason I came baptizing. So John the Baptist was baptizing only for one reason. He was baptizing the people so that the Messiah would be revealed. That was the only reason that he was baptizing. So he would keep baptizing until the Messiah came. And God had told him that this is how you identify him. When you baptize him, the Spirit of God will come upon him. Now, God didn't tell him that the Spirit of God would come on him in the form of a dove. Because John didn't say, the one that sent me said unto me, the one on whom you see the Spirit descend as a dove. He just said, the one that sent me said to me, that the one on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain. You see? So that tells you something. That if, this was, if it was a dove, like people, then that dove would have roamed around all the while that Jesus was on earth. Because John said, the Spirit came upon him and remained on him. But he was describing what he saw. Because if you, if the, the, the word, the, the Hebrew word for um, spirit, okay, when you say the spirit descended, or when you say the spirit, the Hebrew word is ruach, and the Greek word is pneuma. They both mean wind, okay? So how do you say, for example, that the wind came upon him? So he has to use, a, 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 like he has to use a, a, a metaphor to describe it so that other people can understand. He said the spirit came upon him in the form, like how a dove would descend. And he said it abode on him. So Jesus saw this because I said one version said that. And he saw the heavens open and the spirit descend upon him. 
And then another one said that John who testified said that I saw the spirit descend upon him and remain. So this is what is happening here. John saw it. Jesus saw it. The spirit of God descended upon Jesus and remained on him. That was when he became anointed. Until now, he, had, he was a carpenter. He was, um, he, he, he was minding his own business. Until now, even though the Bible says that he grew in wisdom and in stature and had favor before God and man, until now he had not performed any miracle. He did not have any supernatural abilities. The supernatural abilities came when he became anointed. Hallelujah. The first miracle he did was when he turned the water into wine in Cana of Galilee. The Bible tells us that story in John chapter 2 that there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee that Jesus' mother was invited. Jesus also was invited. He went with his disciples. When they ran out of wine, the Bible says his mother said unto him, they have no wine. He said, woman, what is your concern got to do with me? He said, my time is not yet. The woman turned to them and said that whatever he says to you, do it. And then he spoke to the servants and said that they should fill the, 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 the gallons, okay, the huge pots with what? Water. And it says, you draw it and take it to the master of ceremonies. The Bible says that this beginning of miracles did Jesus in Cana of Galilee and showed forth his glory. And his disciples put their faith in him when they saw the miracle. Hallelujah. So that was the first time. So the first time Jesus would do a miracle, he had been anointed. He had become anointed. And what is this anointing that we are talking about? So Jesus goes into the wilderness from the Jordan goes into the wilderness and the Bible says that he was tempted by the devil for 40 days and 40 nights he was tempted by the devil and every time Satan would tempt him with something the Bible says that we don't have a high priest that cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities the Bible says he was tempted in all points as we are yet without sin that is not to say that Jesus maybe felt like committing adultery but did not do it when he says he was tempted the word there is tested it's like how you test gold to be sure that it is gold. If it is gold, it cannot behave like silver. Do you see that? So he cannot, he, like the gold cannot behave like silver. The melting point will be the same and it will react with certain um, compounds in the exact same way if it is pure gold. So he was, he was perfect. He was perfect. So he wasn't like, he didn't, you know these impulses to sin, they came when Adam fell. But Jesus was not the seed of Adam per se. He was the second Adam. He was perfect like Adam was before Adam fell. So until Adam fell, he didn't have all the negative emotions like fear, anger, all, all those things. Do you see that? So Jesus was perfect. Hallelujah. So then, so it's not, it was tested. Means that, yeah, he was tested just to be sure that this is the right specimen. Hallelujah. So he went into the wilderness and then he came back. So we are told in verse 14, first of all, in verse 1 of Luke chapter 4, that Jesus, full of the Holy Ghost, right, went into the wilderness where he was tempted. Verse 14 says that Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. He returned in the power of the Spirit and went into Galilee. And his fame began to spread. People began to hear of this miracle-working Jesus, this man who was a miracle-worker. The, 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 the fame spread. So people began to hear of him. Hallelujah. So he went to Nazareth. The Bible says he had been brought up in Nazareth. Nazareth was where he grew up. So when he got to Nazareth and he went into the synagogue, he went and sat. There was a particular seat that was reserved for the Messiah. He went and sat inside. And then they gave him the scroll. The one that 
and the Jews knew that this, this, when the Messiah came, he was going to say these things. Okay? So when they gave him the scroll, he found it in Isaiah 61 and said what? The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Hallelujah. So it says glad tidings to the meek. Glad tidings. The Spirit has an, the, the Lord has anointed me. So in order to even preach the gospel, he needed to be anointed. He said that the Lord has anointed me. Now, what does he mean by the Lord has anointed me? The word for anoint is from um, the, it's a derivative of the word for oil. It also means to smear. Okay, to smear, like how you smear on yourself. Okay. So literally it means like God smearing himself on you until they can't tell you apart from himself. That's what it means to be anointed. Okay? And and God had told Moses. That Moses, first he said, anoint Aaron with the blood and with the oil, and he will be holy. Aaron will be holy. And then he said to um, Moses after Aaron had died, that anoint most Aaron's sons so that they will minister in the place of their father. So now they will be also be anointed. Hallelujah. So the anointing refers to God smearing himself on you. It's like God enveloping you so that people can't even tell whether it's you or it's God that is operating. Hallelujah. Are you flowing with me? Yeah. So Jesus came to Galilee or to Nazareth and then this is what he told them. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Okay. Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He says he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Now, what could he be talking about? And um, sometimes it's possible to take the scripture out of context. It's also possible to to begin to spiritualize what he's talking about. Okay? So he said that the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those that are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Do you remember the woman who could not stand upright? 18 years. 18 years. And the Bible says that Jesus called her to himself. She was in the gallery. Jesus called her to himself. So when she came to Jesus, the Bible says that they were, the people, the Pharisees were watching. They wanted to see whether he would heal on the Sabbath day. So Jesus was amazed at their wickedness. So he said, which of you, if you have an animal that falls into a ditch on the Sabbath day, wouldn't you rescue it? Don't you give water to your animals on the Sabbath day? Or not this woman. This woman also, being a seed of what? A daughter of Abraham. He said, whom Satan has bound, lo, this 18 years, Ought not this woman to be loosed from her infirmity? He says she has to be loosed from her infirmity. Do you see what is happening here? So the, 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 the infirmity that he was talking about, was it a spiritual infirmity or a physical infirmity? It was a physical infirmity. Do you see that? The blind eyes that Jesus opened, were they, we're talking about physical eyes, is that not so? They were not spiritual eyes. They were not spiritual eyes that he was opening. Because if it was spiritual eyes, the Pharisees would not have seen it. Okay? There was a time that John the Baptist sent people to go and find out from Jesus. He said, go and ask him whether he's the one that we should expect or they should, we should expect somebody else. Jesus said, go and tell John what you see. He said that the blind see, the lame walk, the maimed are made whole. He said the dead are raised back to life. He said that 
And then he said that to the poor, the gospel is preached. He said, go and tell John what you see. The Bible says that in that very hour, Jesus healed many people. In that very hour. And he says, go and tell John what you see. He didn't say, go and tell John what you perceive. He said, go and tell John what you see. Now, these were carnal people. They were not spiritual people. They were not born again. Nobody could be born again until Jesus had died. So all the witnesses were physical witnesses. If anything happened spiritually, nobody could witness. They couldn't tell that there had been anything happening spiritually. It was a physical witness. Are you flowing with me? So when he said, go and tell John what you see, he said, go and tell John what you see. What do you see? The blind see, he said. Why am I saying that? He said that to preach the gospel to the poor. He's not talking about spiritual poverty here. Do you, are you with me? He's not talking about spiritual poverty. He's talking about physical poverty. Now, nobody was more generous than Jesus. Even um, the night that he was betrayed, the Bible says that Jesus Christ called Judas and said, what you are about to do, do it quickly. And Jesus was so given to philanthropy that the other disciples thought that he was sending Jesus to go and give some money to the poor. But he didn't say that he has sent me to give alms to the poor. He said he has sent me to preach the gospel to the poor. It, it tells you that poverty is not something that can be corrected by alms giving. Africa would have been a prosperous continent by now. So alms giving is not the solution to poverty. There's a place for alms giving. Okay? And the Bible encourages us to be generous. But that is not the solution to poverty. The solution to poverty is the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is why you'll find that everywhere that the gospel has gone, there's been development. The countries that have been most, most advanced, they have had the gospel. Even China has one of the fastest growing church um, movements in the world. The underground church. And every time, and then even in the US, when the Azusa Street revival started, then in parallel to that, you had people began to fly and all kinds of inventions began to take place. You study these things, you'll find that there's always a parallel. Every time there's a spiritual movement, there's an accompaniment of what? Physical manifestations. Because the gospel brings illumination. The Bible says that in him was life and that life was the light of men. That means that that life was the illumination of men. It opens the minds of men and gives them the ability you find a lot of these people, the, the, some of these inventors, like the, their parents were serious believers. Some were priests. Some were um, um, elders in the church. Even though some of the inventors themselves were not believers. But their parents, so you, they grew up in church environments. A lot of them, you read on them, Tesla, um, um, even Henry Ford, all these people, most of them were what? believers. Because something happens when the gospel comes. He said that the entrance of your word gives what? Light. And it gives understanding to the simple. So the gospel is number one. It's very important. Someone says that, what about Africa? That um, maybe there is a proliferation of churches. And then maybe because they don't hear the right gospel. But if you hear the right gospel, it brings illumination. Are you flowing with me? Yes. It brings illumination. Hallelujah. It brings illumination. There's an illumination that comes. Okay, there were inventors, George Washington Carver. He said that he would just enter his laboratory and then it would be like with a notebook and a pencil, the Spirit of God would just open the curtain and suddenly the Spirit of God would show him how to take the peanut apart and then be able to put it back together. And he was able to extract over 200 different compounds from peanuts. 
all the way, including rubber and all kinds of things. You know, as a believer, tractor, the caterpillar, the equipment, the guy who invented the things they are still using, the guy who, who developed these things, okay? He was a believer also. God opened his eyes. Earth-moving equipment, machinery, and all those things. He designed them. He holds the patterns to these things. Caterpillar bought them, and now they manufacture all the Most of them, the designs have hardly changed in almost about 100 years or so. So you'll find that there's something about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And when it comes, it transforms a man's state. Hallelujah. So Jesus said that the, the Lord has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He's not talking about the poor spiritually. Because everybody was poor spiritually. That's not what he's talking about. Hallelujah. In fact, we're not poor spiritually. We're dead. Spiritually dead. Okay? So that's not like... Um, it, whether a, a poor dead man and a rich dead man are both dead. So he was, he was not talking about that. Hallelujah. He was talking about what? The poor. He said that he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Hallelujah. And then he said that, that's why he tells you in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. He said, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. He says that though he was rich, for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might be rich. He said, you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know it. That though he was rich for your sakes, he became poor, that you through his poverty might be rich. Hallelujah. And then he said that he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. And then he said that to proclaim liberty to the captives, people who are held in captivity to various things. Okay, they're in captivity to various things. Isaiah 10, verse 27 says that, and in that day, he said that the yoke shall be, his yoke shall be destroyed from off your shoulder and his burden from off your neck. He says that because the, 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 the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. The anointing breaks the yoke, he says. Or the anointing will destroy the yoke. So this anointing is what? It's a supernatural power of God. You see? It's a supernatural power of God. So when we talk about the anointing, it's like, like I said, it's God smearing himself on you until they can't tell the difference between you and God. So every time you see a miracle happen, it's like, um, you remember when Jesus went to Jairus' house and then he told um, the little girl to get up. He said, young girl, he said, I say unto you, arise. Think about this. Okay, just imagine. Jesus had gone across the Sea of Galilee into the region of the Gadarenes. And the Bible says, when he came out of the boat, immediately, this guy began to run towards Jesus. The most demonic man ever written about. He had probably over 6,000 devils in him. Why? Because at that time, when they talked about a legion, legion, the Roman legion comprised about 6,780 soldiers at that time. Okay? About 6,780. So he said, what's your name? He said, my name is, his name was what? Legion. He said, because there were many. Do you remember that story? He said were, he was called Legion. So these, now, all these demons were in the man. But the, the man was possessed by one. Possessed. Okay? The one that possessed was the one that spoke to Jesus. The one that answered. So what is your name? He said, my name is Legion. Because we are many. This is our name. He said, my name is Legion. Because we are many. So he was the one who possessed the guy. There's a hierarchy in the spirit realm also. Satan has his own hierarchy structure. Okay? He has his cabinet. He has the ministers. He has the chief directors of the various ministries. Okay? He has the errand boys. Like he has all of that, that kind of structure. So in every institution where there's demonic activity, there's one demon, there's one that is in charge. And this one that was in charge was called Legion. 
And then he had all these ones that were cohabiting with him. Okay? Over 6,000 devils in one man. So when Jesus, the Bible says, they all began to implore him that they, he shouldn't drive them out of that area. They said, we like these people. The people in this region, we like them very much. They are hospitable to us and we have been comfortable. We've stayed here for a long time. Please don't send us out of here. They wanted to stay with the people of the Gadarenes, okay? What happened? When Jesus gave them leave, they all went. How many pigs? 2,000, right? So maybe they went like 3 to 1, 3.2 to 1, like, you know, like they went and shared the pig. They went into the pigs. But the pigs had enough sense to drown themselves. They would rather drown than be filled with those demons. What do you think happened to the demons? Do you think the demons were drowned? No, 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 no. They are still around today. Those demons left the pigs and some... Some may have gone to Ghana or some may have gone to wherever it is. But Jesus drove out those demons. How did it happen? It was by the anointing. Jesus said, like he said, if I by the Spirit drive out demons, then the kingdom of God is coming to you. So this man was, in, was being held in captivity. He said to, what? to proclaim liberty to, 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 what? to those who are bound. Liberty to the captives. So people are captives. This man was a captive. He didn't even have his own will. The Bible said he used to cut himself with sharps in the, in the, in the, in the um, cemetery. He used to cut himself. And nobody could bind him. Sometimes they would bind him with chains. And the chains would be like spider webs. You just snap them. Demonic activity. But when he met Jesus, with one word, go! The man became an evangelist. Hallelujah. So the anointing does things. So this Jesus, who was a man anointed by God, that's why the Bible says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. You have to read the scriptures with understanding. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. You know, do you remember the woman who came to Jesus one day and said that her little daughter was oppressed by a devil? Jesus was in the house of her. He had gone somewhere to eat or something. And then this woman came and kept saying that um, Jesus, her daughter was oppressed by a demon. And Jesus didn't answer her at all. The Bible says, the final disciples said, send her away, she's troubling us. And then Jesus said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the tribe of Israel, right? And then the Bible says that he turned to her finally and said that it is not good to give the children's meat to the dogs. You remember that story? Then he said, Master, even the dogs eat of the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Okay? Okay? Hallelujah. Yeah, so that then he said, Woman, great is thy faith. Go. He said that the demon is gone out of thy daughter. Now, what, what is happening here? Jesus said something to her. He said, first he told the disciples, he said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the tribes of Israel. What did he mean by that? Do you know that there was a time Jesus sent his disciples and said, don't go to where the, Paris, the, 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 the Samaritans are, don't go to where the strangers are. Go only to the Jews. Go only among the Jews. And then now he's telling this woman also that I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the tribe of Israel. But then the, Jesus himself said that how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. No, he said that um, for God so loved the world, right? That he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him. Is that not so? So God gave that whosoever believes. But here he's telling this woman that I was only sent to the lost sheep of the tribe of Israel. What is happening here? Because at that time, Jesus' authority did not extend beyond Israel. He was ministering as a prophet to the Jews. Are you with me? That's why he said that. I, I remember some Sunday schools years ago, and um, they, we were talking about this 
you know, people like to get carried away by the things that, like, you know, they say, oh, you know, like, even the, the servants eat of the crumbs, the dogs eat of the crumbs, they get carried away by those things. But, and this person was, the question was, why? Why did Jesus Christ tell the woman that? Why didn't he answer her? Why didn't he immediately heal the daughter? Somebody said he wanted to test her and see uh, her faith. That's not true. You don't find Jesus relating to anybody like that. Do you get it? Maybe you will do that so that people will feel you are powerful, but not Jesus. Do you get what is happening? Jesus actually said why. He said, I was not sent to you. The Bible says she was a Syrophoenician woman. She was not from the, 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 the tribes of Israel. At that time, his anointing, he was sent as a prophet to the Jews. But you see, even though Jesus Christ's jurisdiction did not extend beyond Israel, what happened? Her faith. Her faith would reach out and pull what she wanted. Do you see that? Her faith. Her faith would pull what she wanted. Like when he said to Mary that my time is not yet. But her faith got the miracle that she wanted. So faith transcends time. Do you see that? Faith transcends time. So, even though he wasn't sent to her or whatever it is, she believed and she got what she wanted. Hallelujah. So, you need to understand that. So, the progression of the ministry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, progression. So, it started. So, initially, his authority was limited to Israel. But then, after he resurrected, he said, go into all the world. Now, they were to go into all the world. Do you see that? Yeah, so when you read it, you just follow. Hallelujah. What I'm showing you is in the scriptures. Amen. Don't get mis- Some people like to get mystic- mysterious and say, you never understand what God is actually saying. Then why did God bother to write the book? If he didn't want us to understand it. He wrote it. It says the hidden things belong to God. The revealed things belong to us and to our children. So once it is written, it is your job to understand it. Amen. Amen. It is not mysterious anymore. God wouldn't have written it down. Once it is written, understanding is your portion. Hallelujah. Once it is written. So that's what it is. So Jesus actually functioned as a man anointed by God. Why is it so important to know this? It is important to know this because anything... Jesus could do under the anointing. You can do under the anointing also. It's so important to know that. It's like when you went to Gerald's daughter's house, like he had come back. So when the man's mind was restored and he sat there listening to Jesus, Jesus traveled with supplies. Do you know that he traveled with supplies? I've told some of you that before. He traveled with supplies. The Bible says that the man was naked when Jesus met him. But when the people from the town came and met him, the man was clothed and in his right mind. The Bible doesn't say that Peter was now naked, as if Peter had taken off his clothes and put on the man. So, which dress was using the man was wearing? This was Jesus' supplies. The supplies that they were traveling around with. That's just by the way. Do you get what I'm talking about? Yeah, you can just pick some of these things from... It tells you that, yeah, they, they traveled with supplies. So, the people said that, please leave our coast. Leave our coast. They said... They were so afraid that they said, please leave our coast. Jesus got back into the boat. When he crossed, the moment he touched down, then Jairus came and said his 12-year-old daughter was sick and to the point of death. And then he said, come and lay your hands on her and she will live. Hallelujah. So Jesus was going with Jairus to his house. Jesus was going with Jairus to his house. 
when the woman came behind the scene and then touched his garment and immediately the flow of blood stopped the flow of blood did what it stopped instantly because she felt within herself it was not spiritual healing she felt within herself that she was well amen okay now when jesus stopped to interrogate her during that time somebody came with news and told jairus that don't worry the master ate further your daughter is dead look at that they kind of like some how just just came with the news and said don't worry him anymore your daughter is dead the bible says that as soon as jesus heard the word that was spoken he said fear not actually it's more authoritative than that it's stop the fear only believe hallelujah only believe he said only believe all things are possible only believe only believe only believe all things are possible only believe yes i believe yes i believe all things are possible Yes, I believe. Yes, I believe. Yes, I believe. All things are possible. Yes, I believe. So he went to her house. Jairus and his wife's house, and the girl was dead. And when he got there, the people, the professional wailers were wailing. Those who were paid to come and cry. They were, they were crying, and there was a lot of um, like noise and everything. And then the Bible says that Jesus Christ said, why are you guys making such noise? He said, the damsel is not dead. She is asleep. The Bible says that now, how do we know that they're professional like because now look at what they did the bible says this they, they they loved him to scorn they were not crying anymore they loved him they laughed at jesus to scorn do you understand that like they, they laughed at him ridiculed him completely the bible says jesus sat, drove them out of the room i like jesus some people say he was meek and mad but sadly he sat people he sat them from the room hallelujah and guess what happened? He took Peter, James, and John, and the girl's parents, and he walked in and says, Little girl, I say unto you, arise. Wherever death was, death had to let her go. Death had to let her go. The master has spoken. Glory to God. Immediately, she was restored. Immediately, she was restored. Glory to God. Jesus Christ did that, brought her back from death. Some years later, there was a woman called Dorcas. And the Bible says that she was a very good, kindly woman, gave alms to people and all that, and then she died. And then when she died, they prepared her, put her, laid her in the room, and they sent for Peter. 
they heard that Peter was in the hood. Hallelujah. So they sent for Peter. He said, come now. So when Peter came and entered the room, what happened here? The Bible says that he turned and faced the wall, right? He turned and faced the wall, and then he prayed. And then he got up and said to him, Tabitha, arise. Where did he hear this from? Exactly like Jesus did. Do you see that? Exactly like he saw Jesus do. He said to her, go and get up. And death heard it. Death couldn't tell whether it was Jesus speaking, Peter speaking, James speaking, or John speaking. When the anointing is functioning, they can't tell whether it's God or you. Do you understand what is happening? Yeah, Yeah, they can't tell. So, just have to let go. Glory to God. And she came back to life. Called her back from death. Praise the Lord. Called her back from death. Isn't that amazing? Yes. To show, to show that he said that the one that believes in me, he said that the works I do, he will do the same. And even greater works than these shall he do. He said, because I ascend to the Father. So anything, he said, whatever you demand in my name, it will be given unto you. Anything. Glory to God. Now think about it. How many of you, if we're a farmer, okay, and then you try to cultivate, let's say, sugar cane, and the sugar cane that um, breed that you are cultivating, it, it's six foot long, okay, six foot. And then you've cultivated this thing, and when it's time for harvest, all you're getting is three foot, um, four foot, 2.5, one point. Would you think that you had actually harvested what you planted? No. The Bible says that God gave his son so that he would have many sons like him. You see that? You would have many sons like him with the same authority, with the same glory, with the same power, walking the same demonstration on this earth. That's why he gave up Jesus, so that he would raise up many Jesuses like us. Glory to God. Which means that everything he did, you can do also. Hallelujah. I tell people something, I say that you are the only Jesus that these people are going to encounter. They are not going to, have you ever seen Jesus walking on the street healing anybody? No. It's a human, he's going to use people like us. He's going to use people like you. Hallelujah. So wherever you are, that is all the Jesus that is needed. Glory to God. I remember one minister, he was in the country and then they said they were going to have the witches conference. Global conference of witches in that country. Can you imagine? They advertised it was in the newspapers. They actually said that all the witches are going to get together and they are going to meet. They, they, they chose to go and meet in Nigeria. They advertised it was in the newspaper. They are going. This is like, you know, like conference. It's an annual conference. It was coming this time. It was going to happen in Nigeria. Can you imagine? Now, by the way, they said that one million Americans identify as witches. Did you know that? One million. It came out recently. Was on the prominent news that they said, yeah, one million Americans identify as practicing witches. So this man had the, they were interviewing the host witch on, on, on radio or whatever, on TV. So he said he had to go there. He was going, to, he drove straight to the street. He said, demanded equal time also. So he, he allowed him. He had some boldness. And then he said that. You said that what the witches are meeting. He said yes. He said even God cannot stop it. The witch, the chief witch who was the hostess said, even God could not stop the meeting. That they were going to meet, even God couldn't stop it. So they asked the advocate what he, he thought. He said, Oh yes, he's right. God doesn't have to come because I'm here. I will stop them, he said. 
Hallelujah. Oh, yeah. And he stopped them. They began to die off one by one until they canceled the meeting. Do you get what is happening here? So, it's, 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 Jesus says something. He said that as the Father has sent me, it's the same way that I have sent you. You have to take this in context. How, how did the Father send him? You will find out how he sent him in Acts 10.38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. And that he went about doing good. So to do good, you need to be anointed. You see that? To do good, you need to be anointed. Doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. They were oppressed of the devil. Who was the one oppressing them? It was the devil. The devil was the one oppressing them. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. Who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed by the devil. Because God was with him. Hallelujah. So that's what the anointing is. And Jesus, everywhere he went, he had to tell the people. He said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He didn't have any qualms about it, you know. He didn't have any false sense of humility. You know that you never know what God will do. Um, God can do it or God may not do it. If he does it, we give glory to God. If he doesn't do it, he will give glory to God. He knew that if God was going to do it, depending on him. Are you with me? Yeah. If God is going to do it, depends on what, whatever you say. There's a certain boldness that must come in the body of Christ. Okay? And, and, and don't sit back and say that, you know, like, whatever God wills. It's what, you, what do you say in this matter? What, is your, what, what, are, what, is your, what are your thoughts on the matter? What, what, don't play mysterious. You won't accept that kind of silliness from a medical office doctor or whatever. And they say that, well, they say that you're going to do this. You never know what is going to happen. He said, this procedure, you never know what's going to happen. Would you go and undergo this procedure? <laughs> so why do you think that it makes sense when it comes to spiritual things? It doesn't make sense in natural things. It doesn't make sense in spiritual things. What is our task? We have to know what God will do. Because God has told us what he will do. It's written in the Bible. There's a book called the Bible. Like somebody said that, if you don't know what God will do, God is not under any obligation. But if you know what God will do, God will do it every single time. You have to know what God has said he will do. He said, he's, he has told us what he will do. He said, he's the great I am. Hallelujah. Not the I was, but the I am. Meaning that what I did yesterday, I'm still doing it today. Praise the Lord. Yeah. And a lot of the time, you see, there's an unction. There's an unction. Like I was telling you about it. There's an unction. Sometimes you become conscious of something. It's like, you feel, it's like a... Um, it's like a, a blanket, like somebody putting a blanket like on you, okay? But this is not, it's a different kind of blanket, okay? It's like an electrostatic field that is around you, okay? That, that's how it is. If you've ever, you, you know, sometimes if you rub a comb and then it becomes charged and you, your, your hair may even stand, okay? You, you, that induction. It's like, that's how it feels like that. The anointing is like that sometimes. And you know immediately at that point that whatever you say is going to happen. You just know it. There's a consciousness of it. The moment that comes on you, it's like everything has changed. That's why the Nobel read, he said, what? Paul filled with the Spirit. That's how the anointing is like. Filled with the Spirit. Hallelujah. Filled with the Spirit. He turned to Elimas, and immediately Elimas became blind. So there was a minister of God. Um, he's in a cry here. And some years ago, he was upstairs praying. When the spirit of God said, Go downstairs. So he went downstairs 
to and what happened? His three or four year old daughter was dead and floating in the swimming pool. And um, this was a girl who would usually not even go near water to start with. She was always afraid of water. So how she even got into the pool was another thing. But she was dead. The girl was dead and was floating in the pool. So immediately, the other people, his wife and I, came around and he started crying. So he took them, he told them to get inside the house. And then locked them, closed the door. And then he stepped into the pool and then carried his daughter. He said, God, this is not the first time you are seeing a dead body. When you made Adam's body, it was a corpse. Do you, do you see where he's coming from? Oh, yeah. And then he said for about 7 to 14 minutes he was speaking. And then he breathed on the girl. She came back to life. Captured on CCTV. It's, like, it, it's not something that was hidden. The girl came back to life. When they played the thing, the girl had been dead in the pool for probably at least 14 minutes or so before he even got there. So she was probably dead. They, they, because the CCTV could show the girl, you know, gasping, coming up, going down, coming up, going and finally, you know, like drowning completely. And then she becomes, like she was just there in the pool. And then when he, the Spirit of God then later, after the girl had come, the Spirit of God said that, you know, my angels were all around you. And he said, if you had started crying, you would have buried your daughter, he said. If you had, your response. He said, no, he wasn't going to take his death daughter. He wasn't going to accept the dead child. Do you get what is happening? The Bible says that women receive their dead race back to life again. They were not going to take no for an answer. They received their dead race to life again. Hallelujah. That's what happens. <laughs> Glory to God. That's what happens. We see their dead race in life again. Don't you like that? He said that they receive that. I don't know what dead you are going to receive come to life again. He said they receive that dead. They receive that dead race to life again. They receive their dead back to life. He said, no, we are not going to take no for an answer. <laughs> Hallelujah. People have lived this life that we are talking about. It's all in the scriptures. And at every point, you can either go with the spirit or you can go with the flesh. Glory. Yeah, it's always there. There's always that option. That option is always available. But he chose not to cry. Called his girl back. Come back, come back, come back. She came back. Hallelujah. Oh, yeah. What about the girl who was kidnapped somewhere? They went and kidnapped some child. Okay? And the child was... Um, she was... She was, she was kidnapped for maybe about she was in captivity for about two years or so the girl had been taken so when they they told the the minister the, their pastor he said that unless god had not called him that girl was going to be found and he released some words do you know what happened the guy went and sold the child okay sold the child. and do you know what happened the first day he used the money to buy a car. The car was snatched from him at gunpoint. The next thing was that he began to lose his sight. And then he became paralyzed. And his life was ebbing away. And so before he died, he called his daughter, his wife, and said that they should take him to the nearest of these churches. Okay, this particular church that the girl was coming from. Because he kept seeing that man of God in his dreams. He said that with chasing with a sword. <laughs> With a sword, he said, bring back the child, bring back the child. For the whole two years, he kept seeing that man in his, every time. And he said, look, he couldn't see now, but he could, um, he said, they should take him to this particular area. And he'll show them where it is. They went and brought the girl back. 
they couldn't they couldn't keep her. Do you get what is happening here? Yeah. They couldn't there's another one they are taking the child, they're running away. And then the mother and her daughter were praying. And the daughter said, Let's call, call the sister's name, let's call her back. They were praying in tongues. And they said they called her back. Just issued the word. It says that the people who were carrying the girl away, they began to convulse. They began to convulse. They couldn't go anymore with the child. And they got their child back. He said that women received their dead raised to life again. These are happening now. Not, these are not stories that happened a long time ago. Do you see that? So sometimes when people say that, you know, nowadays the church, there's no power. I said it depends on your church. If you see your church, there's no power. It's possible. It's possible that the miracle of whatever it is. He said, like, it's possible that where you are, you don't see these things. Where you are, you hear stories on a consent basis. That's not possible. But the gospel is full of miracles, packed with signs and wonders. Hallelujah. That's why God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth. He says that to come and destroy the works of the devil, to destroy the works of the works of the devil, people are held in captivity. Imagine that woman, 18 years she was bowed over. 18 years. 18 years. She could not stand up straight. The Bible says that Jesus said, stand upright. When he touched her back, her vertebra snapped into place. And she stood up straight. Hallelujah. That's what the anointing is like. So it's like Jesus. Jesus is the example for us. And now we are anointed because of him. Because of him. Because he doesn't need the authority and the power in heaven. He doesn't need it in heaven. What demon is is he casting out in heaven? All authority is given unto me in heaven and on earth. You go, therefore. So he has given that authority as it has been given to him. He's given it to us. He's delegated it to the church. So it belongs to the church. It belongs to the church. Hallelujah. You need to be conscious of these things. And a lot of the time, sometimes also, you are waiting on God to do something about the situation, to do something about something the devil is doing, but it's actually you who have to do something about it. This story is so typical that I always share it. I'll share it again. So the, I saw the woman, middle-aged woman, came with her granddaughter. I assumed that was her granddaughter. What was happening? Granddaughter of about four years old would have fits where she would behave abnormally. The girl would suddenly just behave abnormally for like an hour or two, and then she would become proper again. See, they'll give you a nice card for these kinds of things. Okay? And then they'll give the child special training. But it's Satan at work. You realize that? I could immediately tell that this was not normal. So I said, I could perceive that she was a Christian. So I said, what do you do when this happens? She said, I pray. But I, you know sometimes the Spirit of God is, you know, you know what the person is going to say. So I said, how do you pray? She said, oh, I pray that, oh, Lord Jesus, please help this, my child. And immediately I said, exactly. That's why you don't get any results. I just said it like that. And you know she could have become offended if she had chosen to be offended. But it wasn't my child that was doing that. It was her child. So if she became offended, who would have lost her? I said exactly. That's why you don't get results. So I had her attention. And I said, when you go through the scriptures, you will never find anywhere where we are told in the New Testament that we should pray to God or Jesus to do anything about the devil. Do you know that? It's not that there's nothing anywhere. 
Forget about the woman who came, the celebration woman whose daughter was oppressed of the devil. Jesus had not died yet. In the New Testament, that was not New Testament, that was Old Testament. Even though it's in the New Testament section of the Bible. The New Testament began when Jesus Christ rose from the dead. That's the New Testament. The Bible says without the death of the testator, there is no execution of the will. So the testament came into force when Jesus died. So when he resurrected, he brought in the New Testament. You don't find in the New Testament anybody, anywhere, praying to God or Jesus to do anything about the devil, cast out the devil or anything. Do you realize that? And then I showed him scripture after scripture after scripture. He said, in my name, they shall cast out devils. He said, in my name, they will pray to God the Father to cast out devils. He said, in my name, they will cast out devils. So who is doing the casting out of devils? You are the one casting out devils. So she understood that. Do you see that? Of course, I drove that demon out of the child. But I'm just trying to show you that how people can miss it. She could have kept crying and crying and crying to God to do something about this situation. But it's not that God won't. He can't. Are you with me? Yeah. Why am I saying that he can't? This, this may be like, you know, some radical, someone say this is a radical thing. He can't. If you give something to somebody as an inheritance, let's say you give the person a house with the kids, can you just walk in any time you want? No, you, you, no. Authority, you see, in this earth, in this earth that you are living in, authority belongs to man. So, no spirit being has any right to operate in this realm without man's permission. The Bible says the earth God has given to men. The earth he has given it to man. So, the earth belongs to man. Are you with me? It's important for you to know this because otherwise, if you're in a position, you, you are the one who to exercise authority. You are the one to exercise authority. Otherwise, you, you think that these things are like, it's mysterious to one. Okay? Like someone, when you share these stories, someone who is not educated in the things of the Spirit will say, oh, you know, the other minister, God raised his child, but the other um, um, one, um, God took the child home because you are ignorant. Both of them have the same access. Any of them can stand in the way and take what they want to take. It's important to know this. Are you with me? Authority. You have to understand it. It's like a time when Kenneth Hagin had a vision. Jesus was talking to Kenneth Hagin for about one and a half hours. And he was talking to Kenneth Hagin in a vision about demonic activity and all that. And suddenly, a demon appeared. A demon appeared, okay? Are you flowing with me? A demon appeared and stood between them and began to throw up smoke and all that and make sounds. So, initially, Kenneth Hagin was like, ah, isn't Jesus going to do something about this situation? So he was expecting Jesus to do something about it. Like I'm sure most people would have been expecting Jesus to do something about it. But Jesus just kept speaking. Jesus kept talking to him. And he realized that soon enough, he could not hear what Jesus was telling him. So then out of desperation, he said, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. And the demon fell to the ground and whimpered. And he said, get out of here in Jesus' name. And the demon left. And when the demon left, Jesus said to him, he said that, it is good you actually did something about that. Because if you had not, I couldn't have done anything about it. Now, Hagen was very careful with words. So he said, Lord, you mean you wouldn't have done anything about it? And Jesus said, I said, I could not have done anything about it. So then Kenneth Hagen did what most of you should also do. Let the word of God be number one. If anybody says something that they cannot prove from the scripture, you don't accept it. 
doesn't matter whether you are wearing a high collar, a low collar, or whatever it is. If you cannot prove what you are saying from the scripture, we are not entitled to take what you are saying. Are you with me? Your faith is not built on opinion. It is built on the word of God. So then Jesus said to him that, he said to Jesus that, it doesn't matter that I'm seeing you in a vision. You see, anything you see in a vision, a dream, subject you to the word of God. If it doesn't line up, it doesn't line up. Reject it. So Jesus said to him that, can I hear to Jesus? He said, it doesn't matter that I can see you talking with me. If you cannot prove to me what you are saying from the scriptures with, in the New Testament with at least three witnesses, he said two or three witnesses, because the Bible says at the word, at the mouth of two or three witnesses, every rhema, every doctrine, every logos actually shall be established. So he said to Jesus that you have to show me from the scriptures that what you are telling me that you couldn't have done anything is actually in there. And Jesus said, I'll go you one better. I'll give you four witnesses. And then Jesus told him, he said, first of all, when I rose from the dead, I immediately said that all authority in heaven and on earth has been given unto me. He said, I delegated that authority to the church immediately. And I said, go, you go therefore in that authority. He said, I don't have the authority here. You have it. The church has it. So if you wouldn't have done anything about it, I couldn't have. Because I don't have the authority. You have it. Number two, he said that, you know, he said in Mark chapter 16, from verse 17, going where he says that, they go, those that believe and are baptized will be saved. Those that don't believe will be damned. This time to follow them that believe. In my name, they will cast out devils. They. They will cast out devils. Are you flowing with me? Are you seeing what is happening here? They will cast out devils. It's, it is saying, I will cast. It said, they will cast out devils. In my name. Now, what does in my name mean? In my name is not the same as being the person's representative. It means you are the person's representation. You are standing in the person's place. The, the, you know, it gives you a certain level of authority and power. Flow with me. Are you with me? So, he said that, that's number two. Then he said to him that, James, what did James say in James 4, verse 7? He said that, well, submit yourselves to God. You resist the devil and he will flee from who? He will flee from you. And then he said that, Peter also said in 1 Peter 5, I think verse um, 8 or 9, he said that what? He said that your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, going about seeking whom he may devour, whom you resist steadfast in the faith. You resist. So every time, he said you'll never find anywhere where any of the apostles wrote an epistle and tell the church that, oh, you know, pray to God Almighty or pray to Jesus or ask the Holy Ghost to do anything about the devil. It's always you take the authority that you have in Jesus' name and put that devil to flight. You see that? You put that devil to flight. So you have to understand it. Jesus has given you authority. It's yours. You have to take advantage of it. Praise the Lord. Amen. In my name, it's a, I like one translation. You know one translation says, in my name they will force demons out of people. They will force demons out. They will force demons out. Praise the Lord. Amen. So God anointed Jesus. And he went about doing, performing tremendous things. Amazing things. And healing all that were oppressed of the devil. For God was with him. Hallelujah. God is not with us in any less fashion than he was with Jesus. What he could do, we can do. What belongs to him belongs to us. The same way it belongs to him. The authority that he has, we have. That's why we are coming in his name. In my name. In my name. Hallelujah. In my name. I've met people. I've met people. Some of them. Why do I tell you some of these things? I've met Look. 
there, there's, I was reading 2 Kings chapter 8 from verse 4. The Bible talks about how Gehazi was telling the king all the miracles that Elisha had done. 